Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. All right, lads, we're here. How are you guys? Daniel, you good? I'm good. Just, you know, a lot of election coverage stuff uh, today. You know, anyone listening, if you hear this before 9.30 p.m. today, please remember to vote. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Alex, how are you? Not too bad. Still, uh, still ready to talk about hockey. Feels like it's been a while. How was your weekend? Yeah, not bad. How was yours? Yeah. Not bad. Doing anything fun? No. Um, Nothing fun. So I went to an alumni event. Like what? Even like, though oh <laughs> I have been an alum, <laughs> I've been an alumnus for two months. Less oh, than two oh months. yeah, yeah. Because you graduated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No offense, but how, how do you see you and Laura both both you will Laura Christo alumni? That's so I strange know. to say. Normally you think of alumni, it's like Dangles an alumni because he's been gone for out of Ryerson so, for so long. Yeah. He's like 30 now, isn't he? I don't know why I was gonna say Dan Berlin for some reason. Yeah, like he's also an alumni. Great pro. Yes. I mean, you know, it's surprising how many professors we have that like maybe it's common, but like how many actually didn't go to Ryerson. Yeah. I want to say, didn't Sally Goldberg Powell, like one of our first lectures, say, I'm from Car? Like, I went to yeah. Carlton. And yeah. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. she got yeah. food. People got yeah, food. I, I think, it was like, why would you start the class with that? <laughs> <laughs> I have a fun fact about uh, Sally. I hope she's well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I happened yeah. actually t- this, this week. For some reason, I'm getting. So, you know how I used to be a TA for her class? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting emails from first year students this year, and they said they need help. Remember that scavenger hunt we did? Refresh my memory. Um, sure. It was like some activity we had to do with scavenger hunt, and you have to contact your TA to help them with it. And then I had to tell these students that I haven't been like a TA for that class for like over a year. Wasn't it the 103 lab? And like you had it was like a it was a lab wide thing. And yeah. like I remember, was that the one where yes. me and you went to the library, Daniel? Because we had to get a picture of Ivar Sapiro's book or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. What? That's like a time thing. Why did they take the time to email? That's weird. That's no, really the thing weird. is, I'm not a TA on the syllabus anymore. I don't know how. <laughs> they just were like, I don't know how I'm I getting emails for this. I guess you, you've left an impression. <laughs> you did a good job. All right. You know, anyway, hockey's a thing. We're here to talk about hockey on the eve of the, uh, the Ontario federal election. Yeah. Again, vote. Yeah. I mean, again, by the time you hear this, it's it depending, it might be close. I mean, the audio normally goes out really, really quickly. Yeah. And what? like, yeah. So what time people, the polls close? 9.30. Oh, okay. So do it. I mean, honestly, you know. Um, okay. So we're, we're going to have a good show today, I think. It's going to be a fun show. <laughs> I've got sure. a surprise for the guys. I'm going to show them a little later, which I'm really excited to look at. Um, but the four of us. Hmm? For the four of us. Yeah, is the is the panda? Oh no, the no. panda's like over there. In my oh, okay, room. yeah, they I don't feel they're, they're camera shy today. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it is. Exactly. Um, a lot's been going on around the league, though. 
Um, but today we're going to look at some signings, both executive wise and player wise. Uh, Evander Kane's interview of ESPN. We're going to talk about uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. Talk to 31 Thoughts on Media Day. That'll be fun. And we're going to project some rosters for the Leafs and the Habs, uh, as well as sort of tidbit like new stuff around them. To start, though, guys, Tyler Bozak is going back to St. Louis for one year. It's a $750,000 deal. There's the over 35 stuff in there, details. Daniel, you made it very clear in one of our many group chats, I remember which one, that you wanted to talk about this signing. So the floor is yours. You know, I don't know. I just, I love the guy. You know, I remember when we were talking about center depth that wouldn't it be great if he came back to Toronto? But I understand the whole family situation and, you know, the quote-unquote winning culture right now with St. Louis. I guess he just wants to stick around. And it's a nice, sweet story for what the Blues have been able to do despite the many side stories of what's going on. Not in terms of, like, huge controversies, but in terms of performance. So, good good signing. Um, he's always going to be loved by us. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, we definitely. What's I'm sure right right now he's probably got this thing of like I can move somewhere else for league men, but like you know he's been in St. Louis for how long has it been? Three, four it, years probably. I think this is going to be yeah, it's fourth. This, this will fourth be year, fourth. yeah. They signed a three year deal. That was a lot of money too. But hey, yeah. they won the cops. So that was John Tavares' money. I remember that. Yes. That's what the argument was. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I, I wonder was, who I'd rather have, John Tavares or JVR and. Tyler Bozak. Wasn't there also a thing like Patrick Marlowe took William Nylander's money or something? I probably. That mm. probably did go around. Yes. Yeah. And then now people are saying Mitch Marner took Morgan Riley's extension money. Yeah. I don't know if that's how that works, but you know what? I'll let them have it. I'll yeah. let them have that. Plenty of time. Plenty of runway in the season to talk about that. I know. Quietly, by the way, in St. Louis, Robert Thomas. Still not signed. That's uh, been very, very quiet. I've noticed. I don't know if we're going to do this again, because I think we said we would, but there are some there are some good UFAs still not signed. Oh, there's a certain defenseman that <laughs> I kind of wish Montreal would do anything with. Instead, Cody, how do you even say that name? Golubek? Golubuf? Geef? You're supposed to say, like, like, I think with a French accent, I think. I don't I don't remember. I remember just from the real no, juniors. He's, he's not even French. He's, he's from Oakville. Southern Ontario. He's from Oakville. Yeah. I oh, so. But I don't know. You know, I got to defend him in huh. a certain extent. Because world junior guy. World junior legend. Also, Olympic bronze medalist legend. Sammy Vatnin is right there. Also, I've been screaming of Vatnin for a year now, right? Correct. I think it started in free agency. There was an article I was reading saying the Habs should give Vatnin a PTO. Because today I was like, I saw people saying Vatnin. I'm like, hold on a minute. And there was an article about it. It may have been from like SB Nation. I was like, I've been on this for a year. How dare people go on this now? Anyway, Chris Weidman's around though, guys. So I'm going to laugh if he goes back to New Jersey. I'll actually throw something in the wall. Like, I'll, I'll, like, there will be holes in my bedroom wall if he ends up somewhere. Like, just randomly. He's a safe bet to make. Um, Not just, by the way, UFAs, Alex, but there's still a lot of RFAs out yeah, there. Yeah. But we can take one off the list happily. Um, Kylo Yamamoto, Edmonton get their last RFA signed. It's a one-year deal, $1.1 million spare change after that. Um, I feel like this is probably the only realistic outcome with this contract, with Edmonton having no cap space anymore. Um. 
And you do kind of wonder if Yamamoto was one of those guys that kind of saw he didn't want to end up playing catch-up if he misses any of camp. And it'll be interesting to see whatever his next contract looks like. Yeah, and he's turned out to be a, a pretty decent player. Like the first year he... He had 17, 17 games. He had two points. But if you if you look after that, 26 points in 27 games when he came up uh, later in that shortened season, and then 21 points in 52 games this year. Like there's, there's improvements that need to be made, obviously. But mm-hmm. one of the downfalls of Edmonton the last couple of years have been their lack of winger depth. Mm-hmm. So when you can get a guy who's, 22 years old and has a future you like i'm more than okay with this contract he's a feisty player too like that's a guy where you're like anyone would love to have him on the team it's uh it's a funny one yamamoto good that they got it done good they got it done you do wonder what does that do in the long term like how did this contract go like like does he look back and kind of see you had all this money right and you kind of threw it around like you took away some of the money when when you got Duncan Keith. Then you signed Darnell. Like you understand, like guys like Dylan or Nurse are a priority, even to an extent, Tyson Berry, but then like CC stuff and that, you're like, mm, you kind of you left me the last here. You know, you can do that with RFAs, but yeah, you know, it's it's a question. The cocky and Emmy stuff has me questioning every RFA relationship right now. Yeah, I didn't like it either, but I don't know. It's it is more of a kind of it's a prove me deal for him. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd like to see what he really becomes because what Alex said in terms of winger depth, this was kind of a draft need. And I think he excelled. I think he excelled based on where he went in the draft and when he debuted. And I, I really think that they could just really find a piece, a place for him because it is a weird balance because like McDavid and Dreisaitl are getting up there in terms of, you know, they are in their prime, but they're not exactly like, these are these this this is the time when you build to win, I think, yeah. with them. And I just want to know like what the patience would be in terms of a player like Kyler Yamamoto and what they view him as like moving forward. Quickly, 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 because um oh. oh the mic is having issues again. It's okay. You're good. It sounded you're like good. a double step remake. Yeah, it did. Just it's not a good sign when I hear one of you go, oh, and then I see your mic has been changed yeah. to That's not what it is. No, it's, it's really okay. funny to think this is a, this is McDavid's seventh year already. It's crazy. And they've been mediocre every year. Yeah. And what's funny about Yamamoto, you mentioned that first real good stretch he had in the NHL, Alex. And I, I remember vividly that it was a stretch when he was playing with Nugent Hopkins. I think now, now that you wonder now, like in the long term of the season, once you split up Connor and Leon for now, which we, you can see is a lot more possible of Hyman probably playing on that top line. Um, yeah, I don't see like the thing in putting Yamamoto and Hyman together in one line. So then maybe the possibility is a Nugent Hopkins, Dry Siler, Yamamoto thing for the foreseeable future. Or you'd probably rather Nuge on that top line with McDavid. I don't know, but th- there's options there. Um, but, uh, you know, you just wonder. If um, like with some of the additions they made up front, if you can like get some legit consistency in keeping your line mates together at top, the top of the lineup, right? Because normally you see those kind of problems, the young centermen that you throw up and down the lineup. But with wingers, you're kind of privileged when you have McDavid and Drysaddle, who it doesn't matter who they play with. Right. Like, anyway, it's it's incredible the amount of money McDavid has made for other players. Already, yeah. Yeah. Already. 
it's it's incredible uh the crosby effect um you love cassian oh yeah obviously yeah casting that deal to this day oh, song. no um you know what's really i love about this is is like i love picking apart cap friendly like we all do right yeah it's just hilarious that this offseason it seems like lou has caught on to it so he started hiding and people still have not we talked about i i think we talked about this on the show with mike yeah. that that Zach Parisi on Cap Friendly, there is no number to do with his um, to his new contract with the Islanders. I don't even think the Islanders have confirmed it yet either, but it's like confirmed it's happening. So what's really funny is so Dan O'Chara is going back to the team that drafted him, the New York Islanders, for a year, um, which is really funny. He was <laughs> drafted in 1996. That's wow. before I was born. So therefore, before Alex was born, yeah. um, Daniel had just had his first child. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know when you're born, Daniel, but I, I, I think we're cutting it close there with you and, yeah. and Shara. Um, and then what's really funny is if you, you're probably wondering, Adam, what's the AAV? We, we don't know. It hasn't been confirmed yet. Like I'm looking at Cap Friendly now. It's still just listed that he's around and there's no cap it. Again, it's, it's an hilarious. excuse for an IOU. <laughs> I mean, it's in, it's hilarious because it's not like the insiders are sleeping. Like Sarah Valley quote oh. tweeted the stuff about um, about uh, 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 Nolan Patrick last night. Yeah, they're around. It's just no one knows. It, it's incredible that this is like, and and I mean incredible in a in a in a good way. Like it's just insane how this continues to happen, and this isn't the first time that it's happened, right? I think it happened with. Iserman as well. There was a couple ones where we had to wait a few hours and then it kind of leaked. But then with Lou, it's like, we've been waiting days, days, months. Remember, there's just the barrage of contracts that come out at once. The Camera or the Bovillier in that one. And now we're here and they haven't even confirmed the Parise sign. Parise confirmed it. Yeah. I feel like the only reason we know about Char is because he probably wanted to post something. Because didn't he post like one of his old Islanders jerseys? Yeah, that yes, was cool. Yes, yeah, yeah. Such a throwback. I like to pose the question now that I put on the podcast. Let's mm-hmm. hear Did the Ottawa Senators still fleece the New York Islanders if we look back on the 2001 trade? So Yashin's part of that, right? Yeah, it was Yashin in exchange for. Chara, the pick that became Jason Spezza, and then Phil Bucket. Why do you Bill Bucket? Mil, no, Bill Buck, Bucket. Bill Muckled. Muckled, yes. Ooh. Even if if Yashin didn't work, which like Spezza was pretty important. Like they got a cut final appearance out of that, right? Mm-hmm. In that in that stretch, what happens with the Islanders? I mean, like, let's be honest, since Tavares was drew, like, sorry, from the time Tavares was drafted to the time eventually when he leaves and Lou comes in, they had won like one series. It was against like the Panthers, who at the time like were not great. Yeah, so, it's not a, not a lot happened. Mm-hmm. So it's it's even as much of a disaster as Yashin was, Jason Spetz is a pretty good player. Right? Yeah. So so I guess quickly, do you guys want to look at some of the the other I don't think I'm missing any more UFA or RFA stuff here. So do we just want to quickly have a look at who is available to be signed? Uh, sure. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. I will pull it up. Oh, you want to start with RFAs or UFAs? You. 
You, yeah. UFAs. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, Tuka Rask is still up in the air, right? Like the whole idea is that he, if he's going to sign, he's going to sign with Boston. And I think he's out technically until like December. Is that not? Yeah. December. Like he, and then he expected to like, he he's expected to maybe make a start in January. So maybe we'll see that like one of those contracts, like the Justin Williams contract from two or three years ago yeah. now, where he kind of just came back in March, played in the playoffs and then, when he felt Sayonara. like <laughs> other than that, like I'm just going through, there's still the Alex Galchenyuk UFA mysterious. Who knows where he's going? Just, just quickly. Can yes. we talk about the fact that Tuka Rask, his warm up for the season is probably going to be the Olympics. If he can make it in time, oh. just, just hanging about with Finland. <laughs> He'd probably be what the third starter, the third, third goalie. Who are the other Finnish? Cause just when, oh, when I think of, retired. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like it's whenever you think of, of, of Finland's goal, goalie, it's a goaling goaltenders. Like it's Rene. And then whatever, like who else are the, who are the Finnish goaltenders anymore? Well, is, is Uka Pekka and, and, and anti Ranta. Oh, Jonas yeah. Corposalo, UC oh, okay. Saros, and oh, this Sorry. one's better. This is the best one. Miko yeah. Koskinen. Really? Yes. Okay, yeah. So we forgot another guy. Uh Kevin Lankinen. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And Kapo <laughs> Kakinen. Yeah. And Uko Pekalukanen. I didn't know they were all Finnish. Yeah. yeah. I thought they were all Swedish. Nope. I don't know why I searched. Just finish NHL goalies, and then That's I, what I for up. some reason it just what pulled up was all time wins. So I must say, like, I'm like going to this in the pick arena, Kari Lenton. <laughs> I, I, I think Daniel and I went to the exact same page. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Kari Lenton was that high up in wins, like, he's like third all time. You know what? I can't wait for what I can't wait for Ares, um, Minnesota to give Eric Stahl a PTO. Because he's still sitting there, I've just noticed. Yeah. Eric, well, what the Islanders also gave was it Eric Gustafson a PTO. Yeah. Sorry, oh, I, guess, I guess that can't be confirmed. Back to Montreal. I I don't I don't mind. It was the puck mover they needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 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 the thing is, they can't confirm it, right? So he's still technically without a team sitting there. It's just ridiculous. Like Gusev's now with like he he's got a PTO. Tyler Ennis, Bobby Ryan, I think could still be fair enough. He's still out there. I wonder. Like there are some NHL caliber players who are still on this list. Uh, Not necessarily the ones who are up in age. Like if you look at the top on cap friendly, a lot of them are guys in their mid to late Mm thirties. But like if you scroll down a little bit, there's still younger guys who are like, well. They need a spot, and a lot. I'm sure Europe would take them, but a lot of leagues in Europe have already started. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder I really what happens see, with these guys. I really wanted to see Bobby Ryan sign for the veteran minimum with like a team like Edmonton. That wouldn't be awful. I mean, like where he could be used, like you know, in the top nine somewhere, and still be productive. It would, I mean, you want to put him with McDavid almost for a second. Just, you know, Brian still has a bit of the offensive punch, but like his skating is just kind of like, ah, get someone with a bit of foot speed to play with Connor now, right? Um, also, Patrick Marlowe. <laughs> He's still there technically. Uh, let's see if he goes back to San Jose or not. Maybe he'll go to Florida and he'll meet up with Joe. We have eight RFAs left. 
Kiefer Bellows, because cool. Uh, Robert Thomas from the Islanders. And Tolly Golishev. I've never heard of him because I don't think he's ever played an NHL game, but he's sitting there. Um, and then the big guys, Rasmus Dalene. What's going on there? Why is that not done? <laughs> I want to go um, back. Kirill Kaprizov, still waiting on that. Brady Kachuk and uh, the Vancouver guys, Kachuk, not Kachuk, uh, Hughes and Patterson. Still there. I, 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 uh, oh, you're not done? No, sorry. As in the, the contracts are not done. Camp, oh. is, camp is almost here, guys. So um, get it done. I, I, I just two things. One, what, why isn't the Rasmus Stalin one done? Like he's like one of the players. And I get he had a bad year. We've all acknowledged that. But why, like, what's what's this hold up here? You have a bajillion dollars in cap space. Like, if you're really fighting over pennies, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, you're not signing him to an eight-year deal. That's clearly not what's happening here. What's his value, I wonder, though? What's his that's, value? That's the big question. Like, what does he think he's worth right now? Because whatever it is, it's it's not. It, whatever he if, if he thinks he's worth three million dollars, I'm like no, 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 not yet. No, you've not been great, my friend. So I wonder if like like what is the story there? Because of Jack Eichel, it's right. just been it's always been in the background there. This this RFA story, it's weird. Like for me, looking at that, uh, Dalene specifically, my my first thought was I get he's a first round, first overall pick, and and yeah. there's something there to it. But take the one year, $1 million deal or whatever they're offering you at one year, prove yourself. And then you get, you're going to like, it can't be worse than what Buffalo went through last year because what they've done this summer, despite the Jack Eichel shenanigans is they traded and they're recouping assets and Sam Reinhardt and, and Rasmus Ristolainen. So it really can't be worse, the story in Buffalo, than last year because we're all expecting them to be really, really bad. Yeah, just yeah, just sign the qualifying offer, man, and just rebuild yourself, man. Rebuild it. Just get, get no excuse on either side of the fence here. Yeah. Like really that that should crazy. not be done. I didn't know the reason for that. Um, when you guys said $3 million, and I don't know why. I, I felt like he was going to ask for $3 million. No, they were offering three million, but he would offer like he wanted like four point five or something over X amount of years or something. Or it's like a typical top four defenseman contract, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Okay. Um, before we go to all the sort of gubs around the rest of the league, let's talk about the teams we really care about. Toronto, Montreal. First off, Heritage Classic. It's happening. It's in Hamilton. It's gonna be Buffalo. It's gonna be Toronto. And I just do not care about an outdoor game that has Buffalo in it. Just, Why is it in March? Is yeah. it going to be like, are we going to have like the problem again with the ice? No, it's always uh, in Canadian winners. Okay. I, 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 I trust it. This, I trust isn't, it. this isn't like putting a outdoor game in LA. Was it like Colorado was the last time where I think the yeah. paint attracted like the sunlight and then. That's what melted everything. It was yeah. it was Lake Tahoe. It was it was with then Vegas and then uh, I think it was Philly and Boston also had games there. Or a game, yeah, and it was just the sun murdered it. 
Yeah. Even though like it looks so good, yeah, everyone nice. ripped it, and it was like we're, for once the league were trying. Stop it! And it was it was remember when when it went to intermission or it paused, there was someone who had taken a penalty, and people were making jokes that this guy has been in the box for six hours. <laughs> yes, how, yes. How undisciplined! Yes. And Tom Wilson, <laughs> he's even here, guys. What's going on? <laughs> Ridiculous. It- it's so is it just me who doesn't understand why they don't make an outdoor game for Toronto and Montreal? Guy, I, I you remember the one with Boston and Montreal? That was so hype, by the way. What those jerseys were so sexy. Like, yeah. I have not cared that much about an outdoor game since then. Like, and I'm not just being biased here. Like the one that Toronto had against Detroit, you're like, okay, Toronto, but Detroit. Like, Wait, that one made one, sense to me because the top six, but the one that didn't make sense to me was Toronto, Washington. I mean, the original six, right? Original six. Yeah, but, but like, like yeah. There were, there were markets like, like, if it's like Washington, I'm like, okay, Ovi. If it's Pittsburgh, I'm like, Sid. But then remember like the Dallas Nashville one or something? Yeah. And you're like, who cares? Like, and the, the most memorable thing out of the outdoor, outdoor game, remember, was Corey Perry's walk of shame. Yes, yes, yes. I still love that that's still a gift. I still it's love so that it, it it lives on in, the, on Twitter. The clown music with that is hilarious. <laughs> or oh, they put the Green Day song on top of it. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. There was some great stuff. I'll tell you, obviously, that was before he was a hab, and I remember just laughing so much at Corey Perry. So, so I was funny thing, I was talking to Alex Baumgartner, and he's uh, doing this thing at the Hockey Hall of Fame, right? And he texted me. He's like, yeah, so Corey Perry, um, his wife and his kid were at the Hall of Fame. And like naturally, I was like, that's awesome. By the way, Corey Perry's kid, cutest kid ever, right? And he's like, um, they, he had like, the kid had like a little Tampa Bay jersey. And I just responded all caps, baby Perry, how could you? It, I'm a traitor. I'm I'm so upset about that. I'll never I'm never gonna get. I miss him so much. Wait, you're saying that Alex Bob Garner did not tell him that ducks fly together? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my! I don't gosh. think the kid would have understood the reference. <laughs> oh my god! No, just an opportunity. Daniel's right there. upset. Daniel's upset. It's off the rails. It's always got to be rough if, like, once you reach an age where you realize that, like, thirty different teams hated the way your parent played. Like oh you, you like I I can't I can't wait for whenever Corey Perry's kid is old enough to like you know retain memories is that he watches the clip with Mary and Hosa when Corey Perry grabs onto Hosa's stick and won't let go and Hosa lets go like you can have it and then Perry just drops it <laughs> it's hilarious um or he's I always like, thought that about like Max Domi and Ty Domi like if yeah. he looks back on his dad's old games or all the incidents. Well, considering he sucker putts Darren Eckblad in the preseason once, I think I think He's Max watched a definitely few of them. embraced it. Yeah. Yes, yes, sure. yes, he has. I laughed. I remember 2003 draft where uh, every analyst like, this is not the Ty Domi you remember. Max is a completely different player. He relies <laughs> on skill and he doesn't, you know, ruffle the feathers or gets into the fights like his dad. And punching people in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he saw the redness. He a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Um, but yeah, I, outdoor game. Cool. I just, it's just, by the way, it, it, a lot of people will probably be there. Cause I think it was announced today that the Leafs are expecting full capacity. That is the it's jumping the gun a bit. I think, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, so it's a quick transition here. I don't mean to go away from the lease and that, but like it, the opportunities right here. Uh, 31 Thoughts had an or 32 now. Um, 32 Thoughts had an interview with Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. By the way, I like Bill Daly. 
because he just has a bit more fun with interviews where Batman just won't get off his high horse sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if that's just me, but, um, ooh. um, but in the interview, um, they asked specifically about Canadian uh, capacities for stuff. Um, apparently there's going to be partial capacity in Vancouver, Montreal, Montreal, I believe is at 7.5 K. Um, Edmonton and Calgary and Winnipeg will have full arenas. Okay. Uh, Okay, Alberta, you do you. Um, and I don't think there's been anything on Ottawa, but then seeing what's going well, on with uh, Toronto, you can imagine I, that Ottawa I, won't be far behind. I think Daly said, did he not say, because I also haven't seen anything confirmed by the government either, that it's not announced. Like, I think MLSC are planning for full Oh, so it, it's a whisper. Because okay. even right now, the Blue Jays, technically their capacity is 13,000 which I don't know what that is in terms of percentage. I have to guess that's somewhere uh, around 33%. Yeah. So it, it, it'll, it's not confirmed. It's just a theory. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, it'll be figured out, like a, figured out, like a current issue we have behind the scenes, but we are working on it. Um, I think for this, just what I, what I like about it is that it's, it's hopeful about how the world or this area is going to be like in March. So I'll take it like that. Yeah. Um, and also because of, um, okay. And, and, and what's also kind of interesting is because of the way escrow is going, we all knew the cap was not going to be, if it did move, wasn't going to be much. And uh, we have case in point here next season, the cap is expected to go up around $1 million. So uh, that'll be um, okay. There's, there's, there's some room there, but yeah, the, it's gonna be escrow is not great. Um, Bill Garen, they still owe like is a, a static. Oh, yeah. Bill Garen, he must oh, be a static. He's like, oh sweet, I can get a can get a depth layer now. Can't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> it won't really help. Mm, I love okay. to see it. The players still owe like a billion dollars, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, fun. Um, and we'll talk about it a little later. But also, apparently, the NHL within the coming days will have uh, the report on what happened with Evander Kane. Uh, about betting on his own games and uh, as well as there's no timetable with the Chicago situation. Uh, Later on, we will be talking about the Stan Bowman and the U S hockey stuff. Uh, Don't worry about that. Um, So yeah, we can just pause it there. We'll be back. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're back. Uh, Technical difficulties, uh, but you know, no, it's just the sequel. It's just, (laughs) two in one podcast. Just part two, electric. The second part. Googly, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it's I was doing Lego Movie, but yeah, that was good too. I I I want to watch another one of those movies. Remember, <laughs> like back in when I was a kid, it was like there were Lego sets and there were the Lego video games. Yeah, and the the line should have been drawn there. Probably, but no. By the way, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. At GamesCon, there was stuff about it. It looks like we're getting it in spring. So that if there's ever a Star Wars thing, it's like it's coming out in spring. It's going to be May the 4th. And I yeah. can't wait. You know I what? Hope they put that really iconic scene at the end of episode nine. Just I really hope they put in the video game. That really iconic See, scene. You know what? They'll do it, but they'll make it funny. They better make it funny. There like, should I, be Battle of Geonosis, though. The arena I, battle. Oh, there will be. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. They have to show the every character, though. So it's 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 like open world now, right? And it, like the map looked huge. Like they put oh. a lot of stuff into this. Like it's it's it looks like it's gonna be great. Like I remember the last Lego Star Wars game, 
it didn't have General Grievous as a playable character. It was ridiculous. He he, uh, he he didn't uh, sign to have his likeness shown in the game. He did. It's insecure about being half half cyborg cyborg thingy major whatever. It was. Yeah. Um. Pretty cool. Um. Also, uh, going about the Leafs and Habs. Um. Nikita Gusev has been given a PTO by the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was looking at his like the J Fresh War stuff stuff about him, yeah. and it was like oh, offensive ability, but he can't finish. And I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm so, I was like, I was like, great. I can't wait for the Mikheyev comparisons for a year now. It's hilarious. But honestly, I mean, if there, if there were guys you give a PTO to, like Gusev's a, a fine bet, by the way. It, it is a fine bet. It's just a matter of, I have no idea where to put him in the lineup. And since you mentioned it, Alex, it is time for us to do our projected rosters for the Habs and the Leafs. Um, so, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of went a bit overboard and I did the Leafs and the Habs regular lineup and I did power play setups because I love looking at power plays. So I didn't do power plays. I'm sorry. I just did regular lineup. I didn't have to do power plays. Okay. I just got, I, was, I got really excited. I like looking at lines. Um, so who would like to go first? Uh, I think you should go first because you're so excited about it. I'll take that responsibility. Okay. So. And in true Adam form, it's in an Excel sheet. So, ladies and gentlemen, first off, I will go with the Habs since they are at the top of the list. The first line, I have decided. Oh, by the way, uh, we can't talk about it today because the interviews come out tonight. But both RDS and TVA Sports are doing an interview with Jonathan Druitt. So that will be cool. Um, Get some more insight about what's been up with him. Some teasers have come out of bad, but we'll wait until next episode to really get into that. The first line. I've decided to put Drew and Suzuki and Caulfield. Honestly, you could have put most guys on the top line, but I think Drew's playmaking ability. And um, it's very interesting. Since he had his wrist injury, his shot just hasn't quite been there. So put him with two guys that can shoot. Uh, the second line, Dvorak needs um, wingers that can carry the puck. Anderson loves doing that. Toffoli underratedly does it a lot. Like seems like every other shift, he's the guy carrying it through the neutral zone. Um, the third line, Jake Evans is the centerman. Brendan Gallagher and Mike Hoffman are your third line guys. I just didn't know where to put them other like anywhere else. And here's what's so annoying. If the Habs had a better third line center, having Hoffman and Gallagher as your third line guys to pick apart other teams' third lines, I thought I was like, that's gross. I love yeah. that. Um, the defense, please do not do Sherratt and Savard. So I've gone first um, pairing is Petrie and Edmondson. Of course, it works. It's good. Um, second pairing, I've done David Savard and Alexander Romano to try and split up all the defensive people in the world and get a bit more offense. Romanov's expected to have a bigger role this year. And then Sherrod is there with Chris Weidman. I just I want more, I want more from Kulak, but this is just game one, how I think it's gonna go. And then Price and Allen are your your um your goalies. Extra guys are Kulak, Perot, uh, Paul Byron is orange because he's obviously hurt to start the year. Uh, power play setup. I've gone like the sort of Washington, Tampa, uh, Winnipeg, one, three, one, like forget the umbrella or anything like that. Uh, net front guys are Gallagher and Anderson for their uh, respective units. Anderson is unit one to in the bumper. Patriot work in the line. Uh, Suzuki on the right point. He's been there and scoring goals all year. Uh, and Caulfield on the left point, the OB spot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Dvorak is in the second unit uh, uh, bumper, or he should be. Weidman 
is apparently going to be someone to help the power play, so he's working the second unit. Hoffman on his one-time side. Uh, Druin will be working the left side, like left half-wallish area, um, just because I needed to get him on there, and he can feed Dvorak in a position where Dvorak can get a one-timer off from the slot. If he was right-handed, Dvorak's on the first pairing, because him and Suzuki can just give it up, give it up. Because Caulfield should be shooting, not the other way around, so get out of here. Um, for the Leafs, I've decided to split Marner and Matthews up because I'm so sick of this thing of like, oh, they should play together. Oh, they're, they're, they're. No, Madness. no, we're splitting them up. Nylander and Matthews was good as it was. So there we go. Nylander is there back with Matthews. Now we don't have Hyman. So instead we're putting Michael Bunting, who I was very hard on, but I actually went and watched some tape of his. And I think he's perfect to put on that line. I was like, oh, this is a pretty good player. Uh, second pa- line is Tavares and Marner. I'm reuniting them, and I put Kerfoot up. Um, I have a real issue. Like, I think the third line center move is coming for this team eventually because I just I don't really – like, Spezza shouldn't be a full-time centerman, and David Camp is, I think, better slow for, like, a fourth-line role and getting all the PK time in the world. Uh, and Kerfoot deserves a top-six chance, in my opinion, with how well he played in the playoffs. Um, I think he's better used up there as opposed to a sort of top, uh, sorry, like a third line role. Um, you're going to notice there's a guy on the fourth line who should probably be using the top six. I'll get to Robertson. Third line, Camp, Richie, and Kasha. I know it's weird. Kasha is good if he's healthy. It's just sort of like, I was like, I want a defensive guy. I want a guy who can shoot and I want the physical beefy boy in Richie. And I just, I don't really think this like point forward, Richie should be in the top six fourth line, Spezza Simmons. And again, this is day one. You start easing him in is Nick Robertson. If he doesn't work, he goes back to the AHL. It's as simple as that. Um, because I, I do kind of question right off the thing, having like an extra skill guy on any of the top six lines for now, develop him. He's a young guy, an important piece. You be careful with him. Um, Brody Riley on defense, Hall Muzzin, and then Sandy Dermott. Because I was like, who else? They need to sign like another defenseman, I think. Because after this, it's just like Lilligren. And I'm like, hmm, I don't trust you. Uh, Campbell Morazic, obviously. The power play. Austin Matthews is not leaving the ice. Let's get this very clear. He's not. The second unit doesn't really matter. This is Washington now. They're going to get like 20 seconds. The first unit, Nylander is working the bumper. Tavares is net front because I think that's where he's at his best, to be honest with you. He's amazing there. Marner, right half ball, whatever. Uh, Riley doing his thing, working the point. Uh, Sandine is doing that on the second unit. Robertson is the sort of what I have Suzuki doing on the Habs one. He's the playmaking guy there. Get him a bit of chance on the power play. Um, Spezza in the bumper because I just didn't know who else to put there. And like, Spezza, cool. He had more points than Kerfoot last year, I think. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, and then Matthews is just staying there because why would he not stay there? Simple as that. Um, now you're going to notice I don't have McKayev in the lineup because if I was Dubis, I'd get rid of him because he wanted to be here. Uh, Engvall's not there either because I don't trust him. Um, I'm not a good GM because I would give up on guys too easily. Um, I also have Adam Brooks there and um, Gabriel because I don't know what he is. And that's why three of them are orange because I'm just so questioning these guys and Engvall needs to learn to play well when his job is not on the goddamn line. So uh, there, there you go. Um, that's, that's That has to be one of the weirdest things though, right? With Engvall, like yeah. that's not necessarily a normal trait 
that a player has is where when their job is on the line, that's when they perform like consistently, like maybe Mm -hmm. that happens the first time, but when your job is on the line and you consistently perform, then it's just, I've never, it's, it's, I've never seen that. So to me, it's just odd. You know what he Uh, is? He's the university student. Yes. Yes. I'm my deadline here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot, by the way, net front of the second unit is bunting. Really good there for Arizona. Sure, um, sure. But, but yeah, yeah, no, it's it's just he's such a frustrating guy. He's like Antonio Giovinazzi in Formula One, okay. where it's like your seat's in danger, oh, Antonio. That, that is actually really Q3. good. It's ridiculous. It's like, I want to like you, Antonio, but it sounds like he's lost his seat to Gang Yu Zhou. Is how you say it? Um, but yeah. That's that's how Adam has it shaped up. By the way, something really interesting I noticed about the Habs is, um, so you know how I've been complaining forever that need a left-handed defenseman who can move the puck and work in the power play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of realized a big problem with Montreal is a lot of prospects they have. I think they're pushing next year. I think of Raphael Harvey Pinard, uh, Matthias Norlander, Josh Brook. Uh, even uh, Caden Primo next year. I think like if, if you're being realistic and smart and patient, which Montreal need to learn to do after Jesperi Kakinami and all that stuff, um, I think next year in around camp and preseason, they're going to be very interesting to look at. Um, anyway. Yeah, that's you didn't me. mention the captain, though. Because they're not naming one. No, the captain. What, prospect. What the prospect captain. Raphael harvey Pinard. No, yeah. you're missing. Oh, that's not who well, I thought it was. It, it, but it, uh, is Meshach the captain? I thought it was Raphael. No, captain of the checks, but that's how oh. we referred to him before. Remember, okay, we just kept yeah. calling him, oh, yes, the captain. I think he scored in one of their games the other day, but I, it's the rookie tournament. It's it's hard to care. And yeah, Gianni Fairbrother is there too. Yeah, that's yes. who I was going to say. Legend that's who I was right there. Say. I actually had him making the team. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. Think. No, no. In a few, <laughs> few more years, maybe, but not. not we'll now. give him a fair shot. Of course, cool name. Um, who would like to go next? Um, I don't mind. Give me, uh, let me uh, share my screen here. Give me one second. I'm just letting you guys know I don't have enough to make it look nice to share my screen. That's okay. I just have the no, lines. So I'll do it quickly. I don't have the lines, so like uh, power play lines. So it's I just... am an idiot. Why? I forgot my fourth line, which is basically the same as Alex's, except. Oh, okay. Paling makes the team later in the year. Sorry, oh, okay. I forgot to mention half my lineup there. Go ahead, Alex. Um, so it. first line. So this is what I went with. Um, I went with the playmaking power forward score lines uh, just because mm-hmm. it works in EA. So it's got to work in real life. Um, it. No, it's just a good combination. Good combination of players. So I have Caulfield, Suzuki, Gallagher. Quite obvious who is who there. Anderson, Dvorak, Toffoli. Hoffman, Evans, Druen, Lekkanen, Paling, Armia. Like, I guess Paling can also be either Cedric Paquette or Matthew Perot, uh, depending yeah. on whoever the extra is. Like, I just think you give Paling that shot yeah. if you really want to uh, use him. Mm-hmm. Then defense-wise, I don't know why I wrote Petrie first, but obviously it's switched. It's Edmondson, Petrie. Uh, it's worked. Gotta try it again. Romanov Savard, because that to me is just the obvious one. And then Sharak Kulak. And I guess Weidman is my extra. And then Price and Allen. Mm-hmm. I love the respect for Brett Kulak, by the way. I, I mean, yeah, like I just, 
I don't know much about Chris Weidman except he was in an Uber. So it's, you know what I mean? He's such a weird player, Weidman, because he just, he hasn't, he's a fascinating case. Well, we'll talk about him another time, but I, I do like it. I do like it a lot. By the way, probably the reason you had Petrie first is you're like, who's their only good all around? I think that, that's, yeah. Jeff Petrie. Yeah, yeah, he was the first guy that came to my mind. Yeah. Um, and then with the Leafs, it gets a little, not really more complicated. There's just some asterisks. So I'll start from the back. Campbell and Morazic, obviously, like whoever is the better goalie, I guess, will start in the playoffs. Uh, don't please don't do the tandem in the middle of the playoffs. I don't like it. Um, and then you have Riley Brody. Obviously, it's worked in the past. It's a good yep. combination. Hopefully, Riley picks his game up. Muzzin and Hall again worked in the past. Got to keep going with it. And then I have Sandine and Dermot, and I don't necessarily think they're actually going to go out and sign anybody else. I think they're actually, okay, I've said this like the last three years, but I honestly believe it this time is that they're actually going to try Dermot on the right side. I don't think it should be next to Sandine, but I just, I don't see another option. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's been the biggest story with Dermot for like five years now. Yeah, it has been. And it's upsetting. Yeah. Because like he's a good player. It's That's not the issue. It's just spot for him. Um, and my extra, I kind of just picked a guy who the Leafs had. And oh. I just picked Carl Dahlstrom, um, who they just signed in free agency. And I don't know if he's actually going to play. Because I suspect that... Timothy Liljegren will get in first when injuries occur, but I expect him to play the most of his, the most of the time, sorry, in the AHL because you want him playing minutes. So it just doesn't make sense to me to keep him sitting in the press box, considering that the Marlies also play in Toronto in the same training facility. So it's just, you're not, there's not that separation that you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, forward wise, I currently have bunting Matthews, Marner, Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander, Richie, Kampf, Kasha, and then Mikheyev, Spetsa, Simmons, and extra, I have Engvall and Gusev. I, I expect, I could see the Leafs signing both Gusev and, and Hosang out of training camp, which will leave them with one extra roster spot. And Unfortunately, Josh Hosein might be in the minors. Poor guy. <laughs> but I can honestly see him getting a chance with this team because if you look, I have asterisks next to half of the guys on the left side. And oh, yeah. I think those guys are interchangeable. And it's just whoever clicks best during, during training camp. Mm-hmm. It's like Mikheyev, 20 games in, could be on the first line because he might actually work with Matthews and Marner. I just put bunting there because everyone says he's going to be there. Kerfoot is the only winger I really think is going to stay in that spot. Oh, and he proved it again at the playoffs. Bunting, by the way, like what I I actually watched of the guy, I I think people are going to forget about Hyman really quickly. Like Bunting is is good. And he can score from from some distance out too. He's got a decent shot. Good player. Good player. I hope so. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, David Kampf, by the way, I'm fascinated to see what he's going to be like. I, I really am. Who's in Chicago before? Yeah. Yeah, he's like defensive center. Weird. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy on the third line all year because apparently he's supposed to be really good defensively. 
So one thing that I've heard the least really want to do is create a shutdown type third line. And David Camp is the center you use to get that. Like they tried that with Kadri, right? That was under Babcock. It was different, but it was still that that third line was your shutdown line. And then that's when you saw Kadri's production drop off. Yeah. And hey, maybe it would have worked a little longer if he didn't get himself traded. Yep. (laughs) But you still love him, though. We we always love him. Hey, you know, defensive first-minded centers, they they work. They do. It works. Rob Niedermeyer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) I I didn't even know he was a defensive centerman. I just knew he was Buddy's brother. Yeah. He's the reason the Ducks won the cup because he's. Scott Neymar Scott is like, I want to play with my brother. I mean, you know, Chris Pronger was, was pretty pretty good. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, the young Corey Perry. Right, right, that's yeah. that's a the, hilarious team, by the way. How good that was. Yeah, looking back on like how everything kind of worked out. I was rereading uh, Brian Burke's book. This is lending it to my grandfather over the weekend. Or I, I gave it to him when we were just there. So really interesting. Like the stuff he talks about with Lamorell, it was hilarious. Um. But yeah, Dan, you want to go ahead and... Uh, yes, um, I'm just going to say it because I don't really have a nice thing to really share. I just wrote notes. Okay. How dare you not take the time to put it into an Excel sheet color My coded? apologies. I will next time, though. I will next Mr. Time. Works full time. How dare you? <laughs> that the listeners won't see, but the viewers will. The yeah. alumni of Ryerson going to his alumni reunions after two months. <laughs> I know. I was uh, recalling, you know, some of the times I had at Ryerson my last year there. And uh, yeah, it's weird, you know. Looking back, it feels like a lifetime ago I was a student. I'm surprised that as an alumni, you're not charging us between $50 and $100 to, oh, to appear on the show. You got to do this um, after you give the convocation speech, I think. You'll have to get some credibility built up. Oh, yeah. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, who do you go? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so for my, I'm going to go with the Leafs first. My first line is Nick Ritchie, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner. There's no bias there. It's, it's just I just want to see how it's going to work out if you get another big guy who people say you have to be have a bit of faith in his skating yeah. and what he can do. He could get into the dirty spots. So I'd like to see that because I really do feel like the Leafs have so much skill right now that I don't know where to put it all the time. Um, this one's a bit of a toss-up for the second line because I love Mike Bunting and I think that he's just going to keep getting getting better. But I have Nick Roberts in there with Tavares and Nylander. The way the reason I did it was I can't see Robertson in a checking role. And I want him to play with Tavares because I want that young player emerging with the veteran leadership type of center guy. And then Nylander's there as the expected goal scoring guy that I know is gonna have a good season again. I think he he's gonna be great. He's gonna be consistent. What he showed in the playoff, it's gonna come into the next season. For my third line, I tried to make a shutdown line of guys that can also score at the same time type of line. Okay. So Mike Bunting, Alex Kerfoot, and Andre Kasha. I wanted to put David Kampf there, but I still feel like the Leafs could bring out a solid top nine where they rely on guys who could really score. Kasha, um, that was a bit of a toss-up because I don't really know how he's going to play. This guy's been injured for like two seasons. So what I kind of feel right now is... He'll start on the third line, and if things go well, then they'll keep him there. But if they still want just that energy type of line where hopefully his skating has also healed, that you could put him there on the fourth line um, to be part of that, you know, uh, like a Tyler Ennis type of guy. Mm-hmm. 
um, for my fourth line. Well, actually, I have two fourth lines. Sorry. <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah. you do. Of course. It just fits the profile. <laughs> so if you really want to go with that, still that energy of guys that, 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 that they skate pretty well and they, they work hard. I have Jason Spezza on the left side, David Kemp as the center, and Pierre Engvall as the winger. So that's the one you want to give if you want a bit of scoring and just more speed. So my other, my second fourth line is Curtis Gabriel, Adam Brooks, and Wayne Simmons. So it's a bit on the heavier side of things other than Brooks, but I think he really kind of centers the two big guys who can fight. So it really depends on like what type of matchup you want to go against and how you're going to utilize that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have to go much into the defense because it's exactly the same that all of us chose for the defense because I have really no other options going. Like you've mentioned Timothy Lilligren and I don't see him, him making the team like right away. Um, yeah. Goalies. I have a uh, Ian Scott. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, it's the same goalies. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, for, for the Habs. Just waves Campbell. Yeah. You know, it always happens in NHL 21. Like they didn't even prove his rating. Well, they don't put effort into like the wired. Well, I mean, Whole other discussion. Can't yeah, wait to review NHL 21, 22 when it comes out. X factors. David Riddick was like what an 82 still? Yeah. 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 But anyways, on the Habs, my first line right now is and again wishing him the best. And I hope he has a bounce back uh season. And I know we're gonna talk about that after his interview. But Jonathan Druan, uh Nick Suzuki, and Josh Anderson on the first line. I Ooh. like that one, you know, a good combination of speed with size. So it's the same thing I was trying to do with the Leafs is that you have these guys who could play a two-way game, who know how to skate, and you have like that big body guy like Josh Anderson who has that shot as well. Um, second line, not really a surprise there. Um, I actually wanted to separate Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki because I like to have two young guys not playing together for now. So it's Toffoli, Christian Dvorak, and Cole Caulfield for that second line. I think that one's pretty balanced as well. Um, same thing I want to do with the third line is also what I like about the Habs is they have so many great options for a top nine that you could have three scoring lines. So it's going to be Mike Hoffman, Ryan Paling, and Brendan Gallagher. For the fourth line, I wanted to keep it defensively responsible as well, but also still have a guy that can skate pretty well. So it's going to be Artari Lekkinen, Matthew Perot, and Yoel Armia. Nice. For defense, I actually have Alex Romanov on the first pairing with Jeff Petrie. So I wanted to, again, it's like the Nick Robertson, John Tavares kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. if you want the young guy to grow, you have to give him a chance at least the first few times to get the big minutes and play with a solid veteran, especially with Shea Weber not being there. Um, For the second pairing, um, you can't really go anywhere else with this. It's going to be Joel Edmondson. And David Savard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other pairing is going to be Ben Sherratt. And I actually have Brett Kulak here instead of Chris Weidman. It's the same argument that Alex had. I don't know Chris Weidman other than the taxi incident. Yes, I don't know how he's going to play. He hasn't been in the NHL for a while. So I think just for the opening night roster, I think you're going to go in with the familiar face with Brett Kulak. Mm-hmm. And for goalies, yeah, it's not debatable. It's Price Allen. Yeah, yeah, decent players, decent players. Yeah, it's you know, it's I, I kind of it's it's so 
just similar to what both teams did last season. It's like, okay, the Leafs, a bunch of wingers, just in, and whoever survival of the fittest. And then Montreal, a bunch of wingers. <laughs> like, just a, a ton of them. It's hilarious. Um, and Cody Gulboff. Yes. And the poor Sammy Oh, I should have put him. Oh, my there. gosh. I should have put him instead of Brett Kula. I How don't you dare do that to Brett I, I thought I, I thought about changing it when I saw it, and I'm like, nope, can't do it. Can't we didn't it. mention it last episode, but I'm sorry, Adam, again. It was Eric Gustafson this week, but it was also Michael Froelich. It was, yeah. It's anytime I see news of Mika Froelich, I just go, oh, yeah. I forgot about you. I, I remember, was it, this is the second time it's happened this year, where I've seen Eric Branson sign. I'm like, oh, Gustav, that's weird. Like when I think it was Montreal were interested in Eric Branson, like, no, it's like, no, it's Eric Gustafson. <laughs> All right. And then I saw the Flames had signed Goodbranson. I thought it was Gustafson. I'm like, well, that's funny, isn't it? He only went back to Calgary. It's like, no, that was Goodbranson. <laughs> and then the Islanders give Gustafson. You're like, that is a weird fit. Like anyone can, if anyone can figure out Gustafson's defensive liabilities, like it's it's the Islanders. It but is. Um, you know, yeah, we talked about some of the extra stuff with the Leafs and quickly for the Habs. Um, this is this I think has gone very under the radar, to be honest with you. Um, here's the article they released. It's on NHL.com. Update on Group CH's Respect and Consent Action Plan. So what this basically is, is for, for those who haven't seen it, and, and I really, really, really uh, suggest doing it, is what the Habs should have had prepared at the draft. It's this great action plan, both for inside and out of the organization, their plan to make, you know, they, to raise awareness for, for consent. Um, there's some stuff in here about wanting to bring women into the, um, uh, to the, to the hockey ops side of thing. It's, it's really great. And there are some great names on here. What I find really, really interesting about it though, is the only like notable member of the current thing of, of hockey ops I can see on here. A lot of it seems to be sort of the office side of it. Um, is Rob Ramage, who is their director of player personnel. Um, sorry. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I'm just, I, I saw the French and I want to make sure that I'm our director of player development. Sorry. My French is, is kind of meh. Um, again, it's cool to see this um, better late than never, but you just can't help but think guys, why did you not have this sooner? Because you could have saved so much trouble for yourselves. I think that's why it went under the radar a little bit. Not that, not that I thought it went under the radar per se. I just thought a lot of the conversation coming out of what they did was about the fact that it was, it's been two months since the draft. That's what I, I think like, that's what I think. To me, it sounded like the conversation was surrounded by rather than the fact that they did it. That's what a lot of the conversation was to me. Mm-hmm. It's like See? navigating in a way that, you know what I mean? It's just, it is the common NHL thing where it's just, you don't really want to address it, but you have to address it. But then when you do, it just, it's so gradual with everything that it just, it doesn't really address that much at all. It's just, you know what, guys, like, like lads, just the, the Habs are like the almost now like the the royal family of clean up their own mess. 
And it's just like you should instead of, of being the ones who you're always a step behind and then like you, you then you take your two steps forward, you do it because I still like include like being inclusive in hockey and especially having women in the sport, like like next to no teams have it. Like the Habs are only now introducing this. Um Hayley Wickenheiser was only hired by the Leafs in the past year, I think it's been. Um Cami Granado in Seattle. Um and besides that, I can't really think of many other females in the sport in significant there, hockey ops roles. It's a like you, couple in Seattle. Yeah. A couple like, of Chicago as well. There's yeah. Granado. Um, oh, man. Her name is slipping me. The, 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 the girl who was um, the woman who was part of Minnesota, I think. Alex Mandricki. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. And, yes, and Minnesota just completely ignored her. And that was the Paul Fetton stuff. But you know, you think of if you're the Habs, it's like, again, you need to be leaders in this. And, and even the Chicago stuff, like that's been, I think, a newer develop. Like that was, was that this year? Like they brought in like Canada coin Schofield, I think to be part of player development. It, I'm thinking off the top of my head. Either 2020 yeah, like or 2021. Co-director of like player development. Yeah. 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 I remember that they, they had made a, yeah, they had made like a, a couple of hires. Um, at least they had done that before the Aldridge stuff got out because yeah, if yeah. they did it now, it would be a clear PR thing. Um, and boy, do Chicago need to start figuring that out. Um, and it's not even just Chicago that need to figure it out, but this has to do with Chicago. Um, the, the U S uh, Paralympic and Olympic committee, um, are not looking great either. And this isn't just to do with Stan Bowman, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's impossible for you not to. Um, there is the Larry Nasser stuff, who is the Olympic coach that, um, yeah. So anyway, um, I saw Adam Wild see this really funny thing that was, this is on brand um, for uh, the Olympic Committee in the States. So, and this is from Rick West, head of TSN, continues to have an amazing year. Um, the U.S. Olympic and, um, and Paralympic Committee, the USOPC, has rejected an America think tank's uh, request to suspend Stan Bowman from his position as GM of the U.S. Olympic men's hockey team while he faces allegations that he helped cover up the sexual abuse of two uh, Chicago Blackhawk players. Um, and basically, a spokesperson for the US, U.S. OPC basically turned to, well, it's not our job. It's the U.S. Center for Safe Sport. But what's bad about this whole thing is in this article, uh, it's not even confirmed whether safe space are safe sports sorry have done an investigation or even opened one at this point in fact when the spokesperson was asked about it they were said well you're gonna have to reach out to the center and i i as i looked yesterday i can't see anything from the u.s center for safe sport confirming if there is an investigation into the bowman stuff now simone biles was very obviously very recently has made headlines calling out about how you know the um the Nasser stuff was handled. Um, so not, again, you don't understand why you can't at least, and in the way that the spokesperson for the U.S. sort of put it was, it's not our job. That instead it should be like, again, it's the safe sports stuff to sort of say, they need to cover this. It's not our job. We're just worrying about the Olympics and running it. Um, so... <sighs> It goes back to that thing of, of like, how can you trust the Chicago internal investigation? Because it is being funded by the people who are being investigated. Um, and I, I still cannot understand why you can at least, if you don't want to take him off the board, 
why you cannot just get him to temporarily stand down why the investigation that the league have going on is concluded. Isn't that what the think tank asked? Because when I read when I read the headlines or when I read the articles about the think tank, my understanding was they weren't asking for him to be fired. They were asking him to be suspended until the investigation was done. Yeah, that's that. I, I don't exactly. right. So like, I don't know who, why we're passing blame. Like not like why they're passing blame from one part of the Olympic Committee to another part to another part. Like just. I, I think I said this uh, a couple episodes ago where it's like, th- it's such normal procedure that if there is an investigation being made against someone, a high official in a company that they tend to step away from their position until that, from the, until that investigation is done. And it's just not the case here. And it's like, okay, so why isn't it the case here? Like no one has, no one, no one has given me or us a proper explanation as to why he hasn't taken a step back. You know, what's really funny Um, now, obviously what Evander Kane is being accused of doing is nowhere near covering up sexual abuse or uh, being accused of such, I should say. But if you notice uh, Evander Kane right now, has not completely separated himself from the Hockey University Alliance, but he is taking a step away from his duties there. Yeah, it's it's not hard. It's it's not hard. And both on both on on the Blackhawks and again on, on USA Hockey, it's it's like they're not, it taking anything, they're not taking it seriously. Like it's like the investigation. Like it is something that we will deal with and will be dealt with. But it's something where it's like okay, like you know, for the respect of how like the severity of everything like yes that moment should step away for a bit but he's still staying in the spotlight and that's just again it's just another thing where it's like what's going on with the blackhawks we're dealing with it but we're also trying to get the case thrown out because it was beyond statues of limitation and then they they pulled the stun at the draft like what i'm curious like we're not all great fans of gary bettman but like uh, to see 30 and 31 to, or 31 and 32, sorry, to turn out the way it did at the first round of the draft. It, it like, why his, his face was, was a, uh, yeah, Batman was not happy. He's like, excuse me. Yeah. Like, I, I do I think just, it was, it was 30 and 31 remember, because Arizona got, Oh yeah. Yeah. Technically it was 33. It's just, it's beyond me. Why it's what the difference here is. Again, uh, people go check out the article from, our guy Rick Westhead. Um, there's also some stuff about the, the charity who requested the suspension um, stuff with that. And like, and, and to do with some stuff going to like some U S governors and that like, like some laws that I can actually go into like stripping down the U S like it, it's really, really interesting. Um, so go check that out. Rick Westhead. Great guy. Um, amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Uh, a hiring in the hockey world that I think overall we're, we're big fans of here on the show. Mike Fuda has finally been hired. Um, he's not a GM, but he is the senior consultant to uh, the GM in Carolina under Don Waddell. Now, here's something I found really fascinating when I was rereading uh, Brian Burke's book. He talks about how when he was working under, I forget, it was uh, who was it? He for Pat Quinn, I think is who he worked under when he Vancouver. was first as, yeah, as, as AGM yeah. or whatever in Vancouver yeah. and how he got interviewed 
as he was ended up being a finalist for the job in Philly, right? But ultimately they went a different direction. And how he saw it was, it was a good thing that you were a finalist because you were in a certain bit of regard. But he was worried about what was going to happen when he ended up getting the job in Hartford if he didn't take it. Because he said, if you end up being a finalist a bunch of times, but you don't get the job, you're seen as damaged goods. So I wonder if that's what's been happening with Mike Fuda. But has he ever been a finalist? Has he ever been a finalist? I don't think he has, but he's been in the conversation a oh. ton. Yeah, that's true. You know, I that, always viewed him point. as... Sorry if I'm interrupting. No, no. I just viewed him as, um, this is weird. But it just, I know like he probably deserves to be a GM. Yeah. But he's kind of like a Tom Hagen. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. He's a great yeah, like second he's, guy, but not a first. Like he's the expert and he'll advise you and, you know, he'll tell the general manager like when you should make the decision and when you shouldn't. But I think just the way he's been viewed is kind of like a Tom Hagen. Did we even talk about that he doesn't like Dougie Hamilton on the show? No, that's his own. That's the only thing I probably disagree Was that, with. That, is that actually confirmed? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. On free agent stuff, like day on Sportsnet, apparently, um, I was watching, I think I like TSN's coverage more on free agency, so I watch that normally. Um, you know, when we aren't freaking out about the Habs dropping, you know, idiots. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, news right in the middle of free agent cowards. So, uh, Fuda on the Sportsnet broadcast said, um, I'm not a big fan of Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> He's not a big fan. And then people were making the jokes, well, he'll fit right in in Carolina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what I was thinking too. So weird. So, so strange. It's an odd thing. Yep. The only thing I'll disagree with him on, though, I yeah, I do, enjoy, I do enjoy listening to him talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Underrated dude. Hockey mind. Anyway, um, where else are we here, guys? Where are we? Uh, Vander Kane. His uh, TSN interview with Linda Cohn. I love how ESPN is here already, and they're already doing these cool interviews, by the way. Um, and again, reminder. As I said earlier, uh, Bill Daly did say to 30, uh, 32 thoughts that they're waiting um, any time now for the investigation with Kane. So watching that interview, guys, I kind of came away with it from it thinking, okay, okay. So Kane said he's gotten help. Cool. I'll choose to believe you. He says he's better. I'll choose to believe you. But I thought his whole attitude, I think he was like, he was oddly relaxed. He seemed a little like jolly to be doing the thing, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's that's how, how I took it. I found it. I found it kind of weird, like not weird, but it just kind of. I know that he was trained, like you know, every professional athlete are media trained before they do something of this level, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess it just they told him to relax, but yeah, I, I I don't know. It was it was odd to me that you know what they don't teach you in media training. To post all these pictures of you at fancy restaurants when you're you filed for bankruptcy earlier in the year and you're smiling and kind of purposely antagonizing fans, which is what he's yeah. been doing. So you know, I think it's I think there's an air of trolling to, and I hate using that word. It feels so 2014 to mm-hmm. say, but that that's just how I I didn't like I didn't like it. I didn't like the whole interview, like not the job the interviewer did, but like as in. Outcome. Evander came. The answers. Yeah, yeah we didn't yeah. like the responses. So yeah. for me, like, I don't know if this is a fair assessment, but I didn't take as much from that interview as I expected to. 
because a lot of what Adam said, like, it's just like, you're you, the, the, up um, the pictures, the, just the general attitude. I, I just, I don't know. Like, I didn't feel like I got anything from it because, okay. So the claims about the hockey, let's say they, they do fall through uh, in terms of betting on hockey games. Right. But there's still a dressing room issue. Yeah, and, like, and he he wouldn't answer. He wouldn't touch it. Like, what did he say? I'm an easy target, <laughs> or something like that. I mean, it seems like you make yourself an easy target. No offense, like it, it just maybe it's the way the that it's coming out. But it, this is it's not painting anyone in a nice picture. It really it, isn't. It was reported they tried to trade you, so there's clearly some credence to it. Like that, that is a fact. It was reported that the Sharks tried to trade him earlier in the offseason. So, yeah. And, and the Thomas Hurdle stuff. And Hurdle apparently on Media Day, I haven't heard the interview yet because I think 32 Thoughts did. I don't think they've or it's, camp. or if it's there and I haven't listened to it yet, like it no, saves no, on podcasts. Not, not, not yet. Apparently, he's just avoided the question at all. And Thomas Hurdle is arguably the best player on the Sharks and most important player. To me, to me, I would say I can't make a full call of it until I see how the start of the season goes. Not in terms of on the ice, but how the players speak, their body language on the bench, their body language during interviews. Because like, if you watch it, and I've kind of picked up on the on some of the stuff that some players do in terms of like when they don't want to answer a question they don't really want to answer. They'll body, their body language will completely change or how they speak will completely change. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm very curious to see how the start of the season goes. Mm-hmm. The sharks, the sharks, you know, what's really good by the way. Um, I don't know not about, the sharks. not, um, no, absolutely not. I don't know about the Leafs, but Montreal have their, um, their Californian road trip, like in the first month of the season. It's so great to get it out the way. Oh, lucky. I, I didn't see any 11 p.m. starts, thankfully. So uh, that'll be nice. I st- I'm never going to get over. That happened. Thank God they won that game. Otherwise, I was going to be a bitter person. Okay. Beside that, I wanted to surprise you guys with something. So have either of you read Brian Burke's book? Not yet. It's sitting on my shelf waiting to be read. A uh, future me will still buy it. So I'm going to quickly share my screen here. Is it a spoiler? Uh, the Leafs, say, you know what? Sorry, quickly. the Leafs do play their road trip uh, in November. How nice is that? Late November. And we're not going with them. We could. I wish. We could. If you want. I wish. Oh, I know the border's not open. But we're all no? vaccinated. That's I think we can go. Okay, so. Yeah. Okay, so I got it up. So there is a chapter in Brian Burke's book where he basically lays out his own description and skills that he wants for every single part of his lineup. Excellent. I found this fascinating, honestly. So, and it's so Brian Burke and like he referenced it. He references the classic like seventies ish, like Habs and Islanders Islanders. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of great. In fact, the 13th forward is toughness and can fight in any weight class. His third um, pair of defensemen on the left is a third fighter. <laughs> but, you know, I think what's really interesting I find about this is 
I think fans a lot of the time are just kind of like, and I think we're guilty of this. Okay, what do I want on a defensive pairing? I want an offensive guy and a stay-at-home guy. Well, you like what I think if you're a very casual hockey fan, I think this is really cool to look at because maybe it's not as much as the grittiness, but like I just like the way how he sort of describes okay, I want a defensive move the puck, lug it out of trouble, top end foot speed, high hockey IQ. And like this is going to sound really silly, but the way he describes a third pairing defenseman is sort of saying hard minutes against a bottom six forward. Because when you kind of, I kind of realize is. Even if you're a third-bearing defenseman, I think about it like this. If you're a young guy like Alexander Romanov and you're going up against a bottom six-level player, certain teams, there were some good players there. Not to mention there are also rookies that are often there. So there's that sort of matchup. It just kind of gave me – like I I just – I felt like I learned a good bit from this. Um, I I don't know. I just – it was really cool. And I like how he points out he wants his third-line center to be right-handed because there is (laughs) nothing in this sport I love more than right-handed centermen. I think one thing that we we forget, and I'm sure we did it today, like you said, like we're guilty of this too, is it's not always the perfect combination, right? Like it's hot. The way these guys think about hockey is on a completely different level than what most of the guys who didn't play hockey think of hockey. Like that's why having, whether it's former GMs, coaches, or players on the panel does help because they can, they, if they're good at breaking it down, it really explains it. Like your fourth line, unfortunately can't be a playmaker sniper power forward because it's just, that's not how hockey works. Maybe that's what team some teams think are gonna it's gonna turn out to be, but at the moment, it that's not what it is. It is a fourth line generally is a lot more tougher, and I think obviously Brian Burke's book has that. You know what made me laugh about this? What? How many times I read size? <laughs> I know. I love his description for his first line left winger. Top skill, ability to finish, size, even if not a black and blue player. <laughs> I just really, really like that. It's just I'm really, to, really um, funny. I'm going through all of the teams he has had, and I'm trying to pinpoint certain lines of like what actually came to fruition for mm-hmm. this. And I'm actually looking at the ducks. I'm like, this makes sense. Oh, hundred uh, percent. Like it's just not just just not just not the size. <laughs> like the size is there, but like. For example, like when they won the cup, their first line was Andy McDonald centering Chris Kunitz and Timo Solani. So there's the, right there, the center top skill foot speed center. Um, and then there's the top skill guys like Chris Kunitz. And then the size for the second, yeah, the second line was like Dustin Penner, Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's hilarious, man. I, I wonder if part of him, like, when he was writing this, he's like, let me just go back and look at that T. Because he famously has said multiple times, including in the book, um, that he thinks that, that Anaheim team could beat anyone. Something really, really interesting that I looked at his goaltenders. And how many times have we seen this with backup goalies? They have to be popular, he says. Which is like, the, how many times have you seen the clip or something on the bench where the backup goalie's there, he opens the door, he gives like tells the guys, all right, good shift there, boys. Here we go, boys. Or yeah. when the starting goaltender comes over and they chat about the goal and that. I just I just thought that was really cool. I just, um, 
Um, we have, if, if you want to like have a look at this, first off, go buy Brian Burke's book. We're not, this isn't a paid advertisement. <laughs> no. I wish, <laughs> I wish we could have him on to talk about this, but obviously he is busy being the president of the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just, if you want to just have a quick look at this, like check it out on our YouTube version of the show. We're talking about it here at the end of the show. And, and again, read Lou's books. Sorry, no, read Brian Burke's book. There is some stuff about Lou Lamorello, which is hilarious. Like they went to a restaurant when he, because obviously Burke played for Lou Lamorello when Burke played at Providence College, I think. And he tells the story of how like, he brought the team to a restaurant on, I think it was a road trip. And Lou Lamorello made the restaurant staff take him to the back so he could inspect the steaks that they had to eat. And like their pregame meal about having like certain amount of butter and you could have like two pops, a milk and a pop, but you couldn't have two cups of milk. And it's, it's just like the littlest <laughs> thing with Lou. It's, it is such a great stuff. He talks about drafting the Sedins. Did you know that happened? Of course he did. Um, again, his time in, in Hartford and that it's really, really good. I couldn't recommend it more. There are some Lou stories that are just, just beyond funny. Like oh, just, yeah. Out of the norm, you wouldn't expect. Like, there's the one from the Chicklets episode with Scott Gomez, and apparently, I don't remember who it was, who the other guy was in the story, but it was Scott Gomez and someone else. And Lou called him and said, "Yeah, you have to go watch Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to go watch Bruce Bruce Springsteen. Like, for the work ethic. Like, who goes to a concert and watches the guy on the stage and 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 you have to watch it for the work ethic." We should do that. We should. We should watch Bruce Springsteen. Not a big concert guy or anything. No, we'll um, just watch his performances. Well, that's the next episode of Bizarre Adventures. Yeah, okay, guys. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen. So we're, we do a, we do this podcast. We've been doing it for a long time now. Like a really mm-hmm. long time. Wow. We Almost must be years. over 200 total recorded episodes by now. Mm-hmm. I think we double. missed celebrating the official non-official 200 episode by the way um, yeah like we're, we definitely passed one of the hundreds like total episode not just like quote-unquote hockey number ones but like total total with like you know parts one and two in bizarre adventures right and before we started like counting so we've had like obviously we've had a lot of our friends on but you know we've had people that like like we had Harmon dialogue like, that's a guy in the athletic, right? We don't, like, know Lara, but, you know, she's doing stuff for, like, Golf Canada. And that, you know, like, Larson alumni, I think, Daniel, you may know her from something. I can't oh, yeah, I know her. Um, we but, worked you know, together you know for uh, On the Record. Was but it called that On the is. Record newspaper? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, because they renamed it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but you know what I mean, right? Um, mm-hmm. We've had people... Who, you know, um, even they're just our friends, you know, they give us their time. Harmon is like a legit expert, an amazing writer um, for The Athletic. And he has given us his time two, three, two times, I think. And we, we're, we're looking, trying to have him back on because the Canucks are fascinating in all the wrong ways. Yeah. Now, listen. I have the answer whenever you're ready. <sighs> is it love? Oh, for the episodes? Yeah. Yeah, how many episodes have we done? So with the uh, we have one seventy six of the proper episodes, and then yeah. with the live episodes, the retro review with the bizarre adventure, and with um, 
with that. We did that one Black Lives Matter episode in the, in, in the summer. That is 197 episodes. Oh, really? We're still, wow. oh, okay. it was more than that. Okay, so we're nearing 200 total. Anyway, yeah. so listen, believe it or not, we have never had a conversation where a guest has made, has has said, "I'm charging you fifty to a hundred dollars." Now, now there are people I do expect to charge us after this episode. Well, and Mike's never coming back on the show. <laughs> I did say it was Mike. I did say so, it was Mike. Yeah, we all know it though. So Dan Clark on Twitter, who I he's an MLB guy, so I I'm obviously not a very familiar person with baseball. I've been watching the Jays though because. They're fun. They're great. They good. Um, I got watched the Twins game the other day where Donaldson uh, swapped his jersey with Guerrero Jr. That was really cool. So this is the thread for those of you who have not seen this. First off, the initial tweet: six hundred and six likes, twenty five retweets, one thousand eight hundred ninety seven quote tweets. I don't know how many exact comments, but uh, still, quote. I have always charged fifty to one hundred dollars per podcast guest appearance as I spent at least an hour uh, prepping, followed by a 25-30 minute discussion. If it was us, it would have been 45 because we're bad at that. Also, uh, I I also promote the episode both pre and post recording to help grow their following. Yesterday, a guy asked me onto his podcast and I explained my fee. He responded with, F off. I guess my question is, do people just expect bleep for free nowadays? Why should I invest two plus hours of my time and not be reimbursed for it? His response was disgusting and highlighted to me with some podcast appearances just aren't worth the cash. I'll repeat that again. Highlighted to me uh, to why some podcast appearances just weren't worth the cash. Aren't worth it. What a rude a-hole. God, stop swearing, dude. No wonder he only has a small following. With an attitude like that, he will never grow into something successful. Jerk. First off, the guy's response. Yeah. Like, listen, we had people we tried to get on the show. We started having a dialogue. Didn't happen. We didn't tell them to F off. But come on. Okay, so this is. Never before heard the thing of somebody charging someone else to come on. That is ridiculous. Yeah, no, I've, I've never heard that. Like for me, it's, there's a two way there's, you're receiving something, but by being on the podcast, like the, sorry, your person asking you on the podcast is receiving something in the fact that you are coming on their podcast, right? And you're giving your expertise on whatever you're talking about. This like, okay, perfect example, Harmon. Harmon comes on and talks about the, um, the Vancouver Canucks, the, the other way around and with the other way around, I mean, in this case, Harmon's just being really, really nice because mm-hmm. we go, go over time every single time, but by you going on a podcast, you're also reaching out to a new audience that you might not have all have been, might not have seen you before. Like, I don't know who, what podcast this guy is talking about, obviously, but that's generally the interaction in my eyes, right? Like, we went on Donald's podcast or we went on a different I'm still waiting for talk. that invitation, Donald. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like the, it, the idea to me, the idea is like, it's not, I'm just doing it to be a nice guy, but the idea, if there's, if you're looking for a business interaction, 
that's what it is, is you get something out of it while they also get something out of it, which is audience. Exactly. I love that answer, by the way, Alex. That was yeah. amazing. Because what I kind of got from the dialogue that Adam said from that guy's tweet, or I guess, yeah, the tweet is when he criticized the guy's following, like the podcast guy's following, is like, I'm like, I felt that one. Because remember when we were excited when we had 16 followers? Yeah. Yeah, and then... You know, it, it grows slowly, but, you know, that, that one that one kind of hurt. Yeah, the thing of, like, some podcast appearances aren't worth it. Dude, come on. I but saw you urinating. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just like, don't be an ass about it. Like, listen, they clearly were, they were very rude about it. But don't act like everyone who has, like, again, been, like, Again, again, like no one I've never had a conversation where someone's asked for money to come on. I again, again, we don't know exactly what the guy said to like this this freaking this this MLB podcast special guest guy said to that guy either. We're missing a side of the story very sure. importantly here. But uh, it just that brought me such the wrong way. It's it's just like I saw urinating tree talk about like. You know, everyone's been at that point. This is where, you know, we're at to a point. Daniel, again, just just graduated, but still, like, we're in university. Like, like we yeah. do this first and foremost. Like, listen, I like doing the podcast with you guys. We're not like the Steve Dangle podcast. No. Listen, like, not yet. Like, listen, like, Harmon Dial is not changing his life coming on the show. It's such a great thing that he does when he comes on. Same with all of our friends who take time out of their schedule. Like, do you honestly think, like, let's think about this. Does the hockey guy charge Steve Dangle a thousand dollars to come and head on to the show? No. No. It's just, a, it, it's like in the world of, and this is going to sound hilarious. Like we don't work in radio. Like we're, we're, we're a bunch of friends doing a hockey podcast. Yeah. But like, it, it, it feels like a common courtesy thing in the way of radio. You know what I mean? Just um, it's just it, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's just I, I, that's that's all I can say. It's it's wrong. It's just the guy's whole thing it, of it and the way he came across was just a yeah. bit of a joke. It's the honest. publicity. It's the publicity about it that mm-hmm. that got me because it's like if you want to be like, yeah, this is what I charge and this is what I believe is normal, and you say it in a like, and you say it in a in a polite way, like to me, some of the things he said, like the thing about. Um, some podcast appearances just aren't worth the cash. It's like, I, dude, I, yeah, dude, yeah. shut up. <laughs> yeah. I, like seriously, like I would, I wouldn't, I personally, I would never, I wouldn't say that out loud in a forum where billions of people will see you. If you want to have that thought outside of that, it's just putting that out there. That's the thing. You know, I think about it too, going back to the thing of if you're, you are a bigger show, like I didn't know who Rachel Dory was before she went on Steve Dangle. Now she's one of my favorite people in like hockey media or sport media, period. And again, I don't want to start bashing this guy, but I've never heard of you. I, I think it's this thing. What I kind of feel is that what we've been learning with journalism and especially when we've been able to do our own things like this and, you know, actually tap into the field is that sense of camaraderie that you kind of have between the people who are established, the people who are getting there and the people who are still students. Right. 
because mm-hmm. I still consider myself a student, even though I just graduated, but I'm still at yeah. that level. And I guess to hear things like that, where it's just, oh, it's just not worth it, even though we don't know this guy who's doing the podcast kind of thing, but we know what it meant to kind of build something out of nothing and really put yourself out there in terms of the content you want to have. And to kind of see it like this, where it just when we mention, and we even say this too on Twitter, when journalists who have been laid off, when you know, media media places have been downsizing that it's just like, that's the reality of things. It's just, that's just the business part, but there's always that other side of it that we've learned about through the community and through what we've seen in school and through the people that we've talked about. And then this, this right here is just another thing where it just kind of validates, well, you're only on the side of the business part then. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to like the camaraderie thing, yeah, like, let's, like, I'm thinking of just people in our program who know, like, like who, who've done like podcasts and stuff. And I think, okay, yeah, like, and even outside of that, the Sabres podcast, you two went on when I had my jaw surgery done. Um, the snowman stuff that Alex did um, again, Donald, Donald and Trevor stuff. Um, even if we don't know these people like hell, say whatever you want. The young Benz girls are doing their thing. Alex Baumgartner, even if it's not a big sports thing, even though I know he does like F1 stuff and that, um, you know, he, he's doing Jaeger Bob, which, you know, even if it's not like this big sports thing, it's something he's passionate about. And it's about the anime and all that. It's fun stuff. Um, Mike and Roundtable and all that. Right. It's again, it's just like this thing of like, listen, it's a community thing. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's exactly it. Like this idea that it's, me against everyone else doesn't necessarily have to be the case anymore just because all these different platforms exist like it's not a hundred like it's not a million people fighting over the 10 radio jobs you can have in toronto sports radio jobs you can have in toronto like there's guys who are purely big based on podcasts like this is a thing that happens now it doesn't happen to everyone Right. Like that. I don't want to get, I don't want to say that, but it can happen. And just being positive about the work mm. that other people, you know, do can purely go a long way. By the way, you're going to have this big thing on Twitter. Like, listen, I, I mean, like, let's, let's be honest here. We, we clean up our language on it. Well, Daniel, I don't think I've ever heard swear once in my life, but like, you know, <sighs> Like, I don't see Steve Dangle effing and blinding about, you know, what you being the only guy to ever charge someone to go on a podcast on Twitter. I kind of like, I, I can't take you as seriously, have my I, friend. Have I ever, have we ever seen Steve Dangle really go off? Like, I think I've seen it once. I think the only time I've heard him like go and swear is in like his really, really old LFRs or a story he's told. But like when he, on his Twitter or even like his LFRs or uh, naturally anything for sports that he's, very professional about it all. Like, I, I think the, yeah, that's what people, that's what. That's how you build that's a brand. Do it. I, I think the one time he really went off, like I've never seen it before, is that three-week period where everyone on Twitter just went after him. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, that's, yeah. That was a different going off. That's what I meant. That was like, hey there, I've been committed to this team, like, <laughs> since youtube was like a thing yeah i did one thing and like sick kids charity for a habs jersey and everyone thought i was a traitor and took contact like like the one like pure nice pure leafs twitter guy 
And they all turned on him. The thing is, that's um, the thing. That's what they teach you to in J school as well, right? Like you have to defend. You know how to defend yourself. Wait, wait. What? Say that. Start saying it again. Defenders. It's just another thing. I remember Shanaz taught us that. That you have to also learn how to defend yourself. Especially remember when the comments were getting. Remember when you guys defended me when that guy was when I was the sports editor. Because the guy gave you crap for doing like a, a Siakam thing because he was. What was it again? Like Pascal Siakam was getting. It was after like. It must have been like the year after. Um, it was during the Kawhi bubble. Left. Yeah, and, yeah, and he was getting a bunch of racial slurs. Was was um, Pascal? And yeah. he, didn't you make like this article like defending him or something? They're, like talking so, about like what happened, and then the guy was saying like I'm perpetuating the situation or something where it's like oh like this is something hired- to get it like he's like to get his argument was this random Twitter guy was to get a. Uh, to get over this or to look past it and, and make sure it's not a thing is to not talk about it. Yeah. Why were you shining light on something negative? Idiot. Uh, like what? <laughs> if you ignore the negativity, sometimes like if you ignore like an idiot, that's fine. But like not talking about a serious issue, AKA that whole summer after the George Floyd thing, like yeah. you're just missing the point, you dummy. And then we all commented. Yeah, and then me and Mike just run after the guy. It's when the Avengers <laughs> assembled. Exactly, exactly. Um, if we were Avengers, I think Daniel was Captain America because he's like the, the purest, he's nice, the purest guy. one. Yeah. Um, I think Mike is is Tony Stark because he's cocky. Um, fair, fair, fair. He would acknowledge it. He'd like being Tony Stark. He would. He would. He would. Um, I don't know, Alex. Who are we? Um. Oh, that's a great question that I don't have the answer to. There are only like two cool like of the of the like of those like the key Avengers. Like Thor's fine, but like let me have the hair. I'm, Adam. I'm not going to claim to be. No, I can't. I'm not Thor. I am not Chris Hemsworth. I wish I looked as half as good as he did. But oh yeah, I have my hair tied. See, back I up. think Mike might be thor to be honest don't give him that no but he's <laughs> he's he's endgame thor yes 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 there we go he's, he's is he playing fortnite thor. He's oh jeez. okay um okay i think we're good yeah i guess in the next episode we'll talk about which avengers you guys are okay yeah. we'll confirm some it. time yeah we'll let it marinate i have hawkeye's hair you know good work Okay, but I don't know. I don't want to be Hawkeye. He sucks. Okay, we won't be no Hawkeye. one likes Hawkeye. He's very neutral. Yeah, didn't they like sports and their TSN put this post of like Stop. these hockey players are going to be like these Avengers? And they made Austin Matthews Hawkeye. It's like what are you doing? <laughs> no one cares about Hawkeye. I don't know. Yeah, that was uh, that wasn't fantastic. That was that not fantastic. That was not fantastic. Remember when the Habs did that? Like they said, PK would be Tony Stark because of like how like flashy he is. I'm like that could work. And his controversy. Yeah. 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 Well, no, he is controversial, but it's just people just for the wrong reasons. It's like hair. Like is there? Like like here's what people don't like about PK Subban is, and it's so sad that he is a black hockey player who has lots of personality. That's why people don't like him, and it's sickening. Because he's like, if if this game had learned to market players like ten years ago or something, like, do you could you imagine not ten years ago, like twenty eleven? Yeah, yeah, that's like ten years ago. Like, he could have been for a period the face of the league, and I Probably. will believe that to the day I die. 
but they completely missed out on it. And like, thankfully, they're starting to do this more with like Matthews and that. Or at least EA are. <laughs> It'd be nice if the league itself cared about stars. But, you know. <laughs> um, I like even uh, you guys listen to the 32 Thoughts one, the one with Jack Hughes. Not yet. It is, no. it is up okay. next for me to so, listen. So I like the one thing I got from that. Like I, I'm, I have a feeling Jack Hughes is going to be one of these guys that just loves to talk. Like I was really, I was genuinely impressed by that interview. Uh, I have seen this video that Mike was going on about, and I think he's called out the Canucks for being bad. And he was losing it when his brother got drafted by the devils. That's a guy who's like, that's a character. Like he's 20 years old and I could genuinely see him being on TV once he retires. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, by the way, if I am Hughes, I don't know the requirements he needs to get to RFA status where he can be offer sheeted because obviously he, he is an RFA now, but he can't be. And then New Jersey just come in and take him. Please do that. There was nothing I would like more. Okay. Well, next episode, we might be previewing like the preseason. Honestly, uh-huh. we're almost there. Again, Saturday preseason is is starting yeah which is insane because it's like oh crap we have like four weeks of preseason which kind of sucks but whatever why is it so long i know and you know what great (laughs) next saturday saturday night guys leafs and habs in the preseason i can't wait to watch one period and turn it off because i realize i the nhlers aren't going to be here for another week and a half someone asked me oh when does the nhl season start i'm like october 4th because that's usually around the time when it starts and then i went to go look at the calendar i'm like october 4th a game against the ottawa senators i'm like that can't be right then i realized it's like october 13th i'm like come on is it the leafs and habs on the 13th and like the 12th or the american team like the two three yeah yeah the rangers and the capitals and then someone else what day of the week (laughs) is that uh that's a tuesday oh gross how i just noticed this the leafs start on a back-to-back i find that hilarious oh how did they do that (laughs) the islanders their first month aren't at home that might be arena things the leafs start on a back-to-back oh don't montreal have a ridiculous thing too early in the season this season oh no so well this season isn't that bad but i think i think their second and third games are back-to-backs Remember last year they had like they played two weeks, had their freaking bye week. Yes, yes. Oh, and my then God. they were screwed for the rest of the year. Yeah, the Islanders, Seattle don't have a home for the first month of the year. The Islanders are going to be just out in the air, somebody somewhere. Arizona don't have a place games. to play next year. Hmm? Eight to away games for the Coyotes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the like, schedule is wild. The Leafs play four games in six days, and then they have a three day break. It's like you couldn't spread this out. I swear, because you know they had to leave room for the All Star game, and the draft is—it's for some reason is now at like a week into July. Like, how in the world did it get pushed back? Because it's normally like at the end of June. So I bet because they pushed it two weeks, they pushed the season oh two weeks or a week and a half than usual and everything else just gets messed up. And then they also have like an extra week for the all-star break in the Olympics or two weeks. 
And then there's just some other excuse to have a break. And then, and then, and then, I don't know. There's just all these things. We'll remember so there's things there. we will see when we cross that bridge. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like going to the draft because it's going to be in Montreal. We'll meet you there. Yeah. Yeah. Alex and I will find a way. I will. Yeah. I will find a way. Like, I can't wait to go to the draft and boo the hell out of Gary. Ben I'm, I'm going to stay for all seven rounds. Yeah, I would do that. If we're going, oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. staying for seven rounds. Yeah, also, we should just get like the lats, like get a whole yes. party. You tell me Baldwin doesn't want to just give Gary Batman all hell. Let's get a party bus, like, and we just and Joe Thornton's with us. Uh, yeah, and yeah. we just we Florida just Joe. relentlessly boo Batman. We Again, get some creative yeah. chants going and all yeah. that. We gotta bring I, like a camera because some like who someone has to record all this and we're gonna go, vlog it. We're gonna oh, vlog no. the first round of the draft and the sec- second to seventh rounds. So it's gonna be like an eight-hour vlog, but the TikTok is gonna be great. Oh, it's gonna be fantastic. Okay. Uh that's everything, isn't it? Yes. I believe so. Okay, well, voice said, thank you as always for being a great platform for the show. We didn't swear despite Mr. $100 podcast appearance saying otherwise. Um, I just saw a really funny tweet from a, it's a parody account, Gordon Bombay. I hope one day that Robertson and Caulfield drop the mitts. That would be uh, interesting. I just, just like the two short Kings and it's just the, that's how the fan bases finally get all their rage out at each other for this yeah. stupid Robertson Caulfield debate that's been going on for years now. Um, but yeah, check out TikTok, Facebook, all that stuff. If there's social media. We're on it. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we're on it. So if it's like Apple podcast, leave a rating, follow our own social media channels and all that. My YouTube channel, check it out. Alex's blog, check it out. Daniel's stuff for CJRU and all his past eye opener stuff and hockey rider stuff. Go check it out. Um, that's it. We'll see you whenever we see you. Um, and see next you. time, hopefully the next time we see you, um, the election has a, a good turnout. So, I, count I, all I, the mail-in votes at the same yeah, time. Hopefully. Yeah. We're going to have to, but yeah, by the time we record, maybe we'll find out who actually won. Maybe. Um, you know, if you're a student in Ontario, by the way, I'm gonna be really curious to see why you would vote conservative. By the way, why? Like, I'd be. Why you? We don't dating. endorse any parties on this show. No, I, I'm not endorsing anyone. I'm not saying vote liberal. I'm just saying or anything. Even if I could vote as a Canadian citizen, oh, yeah, I always forget that. Yeah, I need to get that sorted out. But like, I'm just saying, <laughs> let's all remember OSAP and what happened in our let's, second year, people. Let's all just remember the last 18 months. Yeah. So let's just let's just remember that. I'll say. Um, listen, but who am I? I can't even vote. Um, I think that's it. Right. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah. You're welcome, Daniel. <laughs>